Here's why Adar really needs that sword on Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Welcome back, Hobbit heads, to our weekly deep dive into Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. The latest episode, The Great Wave, gave us a glimpse into the future, advanced some major plot lines, and gave us even more clues about one of these show's central mysteries, namely, who is Adar, and what's the deeper significance of that shadowy sword? Well, folks, we have a theory, and we're going to gaze into our plan here to break it all down for you in just a moment. However, in order to do so, we have to spoil Episode 4 of The Rings of Power. So if you haven't seen it yet and you're worried about that sort of thing, now's your time to make your escape. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Now, it's hard to believe that we're already halfway through Season 1 of The Rings of Power, but here we are. And now certain things are coming into focus, quite literally in Adar's case. Now available in stunning HD, Adar revealed himself to be a scarred elf man who the orcs treat with godlike reverence. Last week we offered up Adar as a potential option in our season-long game of Secret Sauron. But thanks to new clues from this week's episode, we have some other thoughts on who Adar might be and why he's after that shadowy black sword that Theo found. So, in the elven language of Sindarin, Adar means father or daddy depending on who you ship on this show. The first orcs in Middle-earth were created from elves who were corrupted by a combination of sorcery, torture, and some good old-fashioned evil elbow grease. Now, it's possible that Adar could be a dadar, the father of these orcs. He could be one of the first elves corrupted in such a way, and that would definitely explain some of the reverence he's given by these menacing murder monsters. But Adar, in particular through both his looks and actions, bears a striking similarity to another figure from Tolkien lore, namely the dark elf Aeol. The immediate red flag here is that, well, Aeol seemingly died back in the First Age, but hey, who hasn't? Basically, the elven king Turgon sentenced him to death and yeeted him off a cliff back in Gondolin, the hidden city of the elves. Aeol had married Turgon's sister, Arathel, and they had a son, Maeglin. Aeol was a Sindar elf, and he grew to hate the Noldor elves. Now, for context, most of the elves that we spend time with in this show, like Galadriel, Elrond, and Gil-galad, are Noldor. After the War of Wrath, many Noldor chose to remain on Middle-earth, where they formed new kingdoms like Linden. But let's take things back just a little bit. Arathel and Maeglin fled Aeol's home of Non-Elmuth to live in Gondolin, but Aeol wanted his son to live at home with him. When Turgon forbade Aeol to leave Gondolin, Aeol tried to take his own life and Maeglin's, but wound up killing his wife Arathel instead. All the books say about this is that Ael was thrown off the cliff of Karagdor, so who knows? He could have survived that fall, and maybe if he did, he could have taken the name Adar because his son was taken away from him. And if so, he wouldn't be the first person to survive a fall from a great height to return with a different name. I've been sent back. Now, in the books, Ael's described as being extremely pale, having dark hair, and absolutely hating sunlight, all of which tracks for Adar and the rest of the orcs. More importantly, he was a master smith and metallurgist who created a unique type of black metal known as Galvorn, and this metal could be the same material that Adar's wearing in the show. Arondir tells Adar that he was born in Beleriand, to which Adar replies, by the mouth of the river? Beleriand was completely destroyed at the end of the War of Wrath and then sank into the sea, but here these two share what feels like a deep-seated knowledge of a shared homeland. 
As for the river in question, well, the most renowned river mouth in Beleriand is the mouth of Syrian in western Beleriand. But Ale also lived in non-Elmuth near the river Kelon and north of Assyriant, the eastern part of Beleriand known as the Land of the Seven Rivers. And to add further fuel to this fire, look at the design etched on Adar's armor. It's a river, maybe the river Kelon in reference to his home of non-Elmuth. Now, Adar tells Arondir that he's been told many lies over the years, and to untangle them all, it would require the creation of a brand new world. So what lies could he be referring to? Well, Ael was one of the Avari and Sindar elves. He hated the Noldor with a passion and considered them to be invaders. So here it's implied that Adar might possibly know a dark truth about the Noldor, which is to say elves like Gil-galad, Celebrimbor, and the rest of them. As for Adar's comments about creating a new world, he says that is something only the gods can do, and I am no god, at least not yet. While this comment certainly sounds Sauron-esque, you gotta remember that despite being a Dark Lord, Sauron was a mire, a being of lesser power than the Valar, the actual godlike beings of Arda, the world in which Middle-earth exists. Who knows if Adar would consider being a Maiar on par with being a god? I mean, it would certainly mean having a lot more power than just being a regular old elf, and it is still possible that Adar is Sauron. He's doggedly searching for that black blade hilt that Theo discovered in a Tirharad barn. And later in the episode, the barkeep Waldrig admits the sword that Theo stole belonged to him and that Sauron is the one who forged it. So perhaps this is what Sauron was constructing in that mysterious forge in the Faradwaith back in episode one. The sword definitely bears similarities to a Morgul blade from the black speech inscribed on it to the way it unnaturally smokes. Now, whatever is at work here, it's definitely dark magic imbued in this weapon. And some folks out there believe this is actually the sword of the Witch King that was seen in Fellowship of the Rings. But there are actually other swords in Middle-earth history that fit the bill perhaps even better. Namely, it could be Girthang, a cursed sword that was originally forged by, you guessed it, Aeol, our prime suspect for Adar. Long ago, Ael forged two twin black swords out of iron from a meteorite, Anguirel and Anglakel. Ael kept Anguirel for himself and gave Anglakel to King Thingol as payment for living in his realm. Anglakel would later be reforged into Girthang and given to Turin Tarambar, a great and ill-fated hero of men from the First Age. Girthang was said to have a will of its own to always kill whoever it cut, and it had a thirst for blood. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds awfully similar to how Theo's sword requires blood, and there's been an awful lot of meteorites lately on this show as well. Just saying. And much like how Isildur's sword Narsil was broken and reforged, Girthang was reforged and broken as well. And I know about the rule of threes, but Theo's sword being a broken blade as well feels a little too convenient for it to be a whole separate sword. When Turin's body is recovered after Girthang killed him, the sword was broken beneath him. The shards were buried with him, and his tomb is now one of the few places of Beleriand that remained above the sea, Tol Morwen. Now, maybe it could have been dug back up and retrieved. We do see an awful lot of seafaring in the show so far, so it's not out of the question. But regardless, the sword, much like everyone else on this show, seems to be drawn to the Southlands. And clearly, this blade will confer the godlike power that Adar seeks. Maybe it won't let him create a whole new world, but it could let whoever wields it terraform the Southlands into a new kingdom. Maybe a place with some nice black gates and a beautiful volcano perfect for destroying jewelry. For now, though, the only thing that we do know for certain is that Adar definitely is not this dude's real name. Why do the orcs call you father? And while I fully expect to see Sauron reveal himself before the season's through in one form or another, this guy almost feels like 
too comically evil. To us, it makes a lot more sense that he might be Aeol, a dark elf with an axe to grind, and someone else trying to fill the power vacuum left in Morgoth's wake. Besides, isn't Sauron busy setting the stage to fulfill all kinds of terrible prophecies over on Numenor? I wouldn't advise that. We'll just have to wait and see about that, but in the meantime, folks, there you have it. Those are our best theories about who Adar really is and the deeper significance of that black blade. And if you want to delve too greatly and too deep into even more Tolkien lore, we've got you covered over on Nerdist. For now, though, tell us, what did you think about this episode? What do you think of our theory? And who do you think that Adar really is? Oh, now, you save your strength. Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com.